0: All content discussed on Hypochondriactor are the individual opinions of Dr. Priyanka Wally and Sean Hayes and should not be construed as personalized medical advice. By listening to this podcast, you agree not to use this podcast as medical advice to treat any medical condition in either yourself or others. Consult your own physician for any medical issues that you may be having. This entire disclaimer also applies to any guests or contributors to the podcast.
1: I'm Dr. Priyanka Wally, medical doctor
0: and stand-up comedian. And I'm Sean Hayes, actor and hypochondriac. It's safe to say that I'm not America's first hypochondriac, but I am America's first actor. Hey, everyone. Sean here. I'm super, super excited to announce that my company, Hazy Mills Productions, is launching a new podcast. And it's with none other than the super fabulous, fantastic randy rainbow i'm such a huge fan of his you can subscribe now at apple.co slash randy rainbow again apple.co slash randy rainbow check out the trailer
2: hey girl it's randy rainbow and i'm so excited to tell you i am debuting my very first podcast the randy rainbow podcast what's a podcast you ask I don't know, but I'm told I need one. So, get ready for the boldest, the gayest podcast this side of the Mississippi. It'll be very sketchy, and by that I mean there will be sketches.
3: Yes, yes! Yes!
2: I'll be interviewing the most fabulous, fascinating people I know, like Titus Burgess, Carol Burnett, Harvey Firestein, and Michelle Obama.
3: Unconfirmed. Michelle Obama is not actually confirmed for the Randy Rainbow podcast.
2: I'll even be talking to people I despise, like Sean Hayes and Josh Gad. I have a whole list of questions i want you to ask all of them but i want you to prioritize them like i want them to go from most interesting to least interesting josh could you not give me chores to do on my podcast yeah that's fair how did you know that it was okay to just do that
0: i don't know you know that nobody's ever asked me that's actually a really really good
2: question oh God, i'm so good at this <laughs> randy are you still there no, i'm <laughs> done for the day i'm packing up <laughs> Don't know how to listen to a podcast? Me neither. But it's as easy as searching my name, Randy Rainbow, on any podcast platform and clicking subscribe. I'll be doing it all from my home with just me, you, our guest, my cat Tippy, and probably a giant bowl of brownie batter I found in the back of my fridge. Whatever, don't judge me. The Randy Rainbow Podcast. All right, love you. See you later. Bye. Hello, Priyanka. Hi, Sean. It's so nice
1: to see you. You How too. Are you? Good
0: afternoon.
1: I know. Did you get a haircut? Your hair looks different.
0: I colored it.
1: Oh, you colored it. Okay. I colored so it. And I got... cute. Oh, thanks. You are I, just so cute. You're cute. You're
0: adorable. <laughs> uh, I colored it a little bit and then I uh, got a tiny bit of a cut, but not too much because I mm-hmm. want to grow it out for the play.
1: Oh, you do? Yeah. You want to grow it like long?
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Should the play go to Broadway, which I oh. think it will.
1: Oh, wait. So did Oscar have long hair in real life?
0: Well, he had finger wave hair. The guy I play, Oscar Levant, had like finger waves, but in order to do that, my hair is pinned straight. He had really wavy yeah. hair. So right. I have to grow mine out really long just to make it look like I have short wavy hair.
1: Right, 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 you right. Know what okay, I mean? okay. Yes. Okay. What's the longest your hair's ever grown out? I don't know if I've asked you that before. It's
0: a length called None of Your Business. Have you heard of it? Oh,
1: wow. Oh, wow. Okay. So it's going to be like that, huh? Okay. Okay. No, no. So I guess I'll table the question about bidets for another day. Oh, I like yeah. talking about
0: bidets. No, no. What's the longest it's ever been? I think my bangs or whatever, the top of my hair, could come down to my eyes. Mm-hmm. That's pretty long, don't you think?
1: And it's straight. It's not wavy or curly at all. It is
0: pin straight. Straight.
1: Yeah, 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 yeah.
0: Yeah. I mean, I have a little cowlick up here that gives me a tiny bit of wave, like but in my it's, hairline. But it's pushing it. That's pushing really pushing it. it. It's pushing it. Yeah yeah, yeah. I, yeah, yeah, Let's just say on my resume when I was an actor, I did not say I had wavy hair.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. For sure, for sure. Yeah. yeah. So I'm wearing my hair super curly today. And naturally, it's like tight, tight, tight curls. So to, to make cute, my hair though. straight like yours, thank you, to make my hair straight like yours, it's effort. Like, it's a whole thing. So
0: cut out the effort and just have cute curly hair. What's oh, this? yeah,
1: yeah. I do wear my hair curly often, but sometimes it's easier if I straighten it because then it's like easier to maintain yeah. for a day or two. Yeah. Curly hair is it's this whole art to that. But I like both. You could
0: also cut out the effort of bar soap and just use the shampoo soap to soak oh. up your body. Right? <laughs> There's a lot of hacks like that, right? Palm hacks? Yes. No. Yes. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, I took your advice and I started taking my vitamin D in the morning instead.
1: Okay. Has anything, I mean, I doubt you'll notice a difference no, or have not, you noticed a difference? I don't notice
0: any. The only notice a difference okay. is when I get blood work and my vitamin D levels are not normal.
1: Yeah, 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 yeah. That would be huge difference. But what's a new habit? Because
0: yeah. that's a habit of mine. What's a new habit or practice you've been trying to implement? Anything new lately?
1: You know, I take lots of vitamins mm-hmm. and a new thing that I've implemented, like when I travel,
0: yeah.
1: I used to just like grab a bottle here grab a bottle there but i finally invested in one of those like pill boxes oh yeah the, they're the best the for old people 7 day pill boxes yeah for old people and we're old yeah, the old people pillboxes. I finally like caved in, uh-huh. bought one of the old people pillboxes. Before I travel, I like put all the right yeah. pills yeah. in each thing. Mm-hmm. And it's made a world of difference because then I just take them all at once yeah. for the day that I'm supposed to. It's like, why have I made my life That's so right. hard That's until now? That's what it's now? made
0: for. But you, <laughs> yes. know what I pu- you know what I put in mine? I put little like peanut M&Ms in one and then the next day I put like little popcorn kernels (laughs) and then like so I'll fill it up with a little treat every single day that is hilarious that's that's how I use it oh by the way speaking of treats
1: Oh, oh my gosh. Alyssa Milano? Our Alyssa guest Milano! Singer. What a treat. What a real, real treat. I know how
0: cool. I met her once before years ago. I produced a show called Hollywood Game Night, and she did one. She was oh, so right, nice right, to right. come on and do it. She was, of course, stellar player. She's a stellar person. She's really, really cool. I love her. She's so smart, too. Oh,
1: I cannot wait to meet her. Way smarter and than I am. talk to her. Yeah. But before that,
0: yes.
3: I think we
1: have some voice callers, right? Yes.
3: Let's listen to the first oh one uh, from somebody named Eric. Okay. Hello, my name is Eric, and I am from Seattle, Washington. I'm 48 years old, but the story occurred 15 years ago. One evening, I noticed my right pupil was dilated over the twice the size of my left pupil. Mm. I thought it was odd, but nothing more. But over the next several days, that pupil remained huge. So I didn't have any other symptoms such as headache or vision impairment. But I went to see my doctor, and she said, well, that's weird, but that was it. And then hours later at home, she called me to say she scheduled an emergency MRI right then. Mm. So she was worried of having some sort of medical event that needed immediate intervention. So I went to the hospital, spent several hours getting an MRI, went home bewildered because I felt fine. But now, of course, I was a little bit worried. The next day, I was told the MRI was normal, but then, you know, to notify them of any changes. So my doctor then sends me off to a neurologist, and that doctor said she didn't know what it was. But since I didn't have any other symptoms, not to worry. So now weeks have gone by, and no one still knows what it is. So last resort is I could see a specialist, a Mm -hmm. neuro-ophthalmologist. They are essentially the pope of eye issues, I guess. So I watched (laughs) him scroll page by page of my MRI scans, and after 10 minutes, he turned to me and said, This was the most boring brain he had ever seen. Um, Excuse me. I was a river kid in the late 90s. There has got to be some Swiss cheese up there.
0: Yeah, yeah. Anyway, so he grabbed a
3: book, flipped through the pages to a section called springing pupil. He said it wasn't rare, but definitely uncommon. It was uh, completely harmless and sent me on my way. Several months later, the pupil went back to normal, and I have not experienced it since. Thank you for the great podcast. Oh, that's very Aww, nice. Thank you,
1: Eric, for calling in about that.
0: Eric, you were so like well spoken and succinct. It yeah. sounded like an automated call.
1: Right, or like a like a poem, you know, like a haiku oh, It was or gorgeous, something.
0: gorgeously, yeah. like, perfectly said. Right. But wait, I completely missed what he's talking about. So he had a dilated pupil and went to yeah. all these doctors, and what happened? Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. So the medical term for when your pupils aren't the same size, yeah. it's called anisocoria. Uh-huh. Aniso is Greek for not equal. Iso meaning equal and meaning not. Aniso not equal. And then correa, core is the Greek word for the pupil of your eye. I thought core it was I,
0: I need a cornea, is what it sounds like.
1: <laughs> Aniso cornea. Aniso
0: cornea, right? I need or some cornea. I need some corn, yeah. Right now. I need some
1: Oh, my goodness. But he called this profession the Pope of Eyes, the (laughs) neuro-ophthalmologist, the Pope of eye doctors. So it's like, that's true. The neuro-ophthalmologist is the specialist specialist. And he was diagnosed with something called springing pupil, which honestly, I had to look this up. I had never heard of this until right now. Well, the
0: Pope of Eyes is Popeye. Popeye. Pop- <laughs> I mean, that's what yeah, So strong. he went
1: to Popeye, who told he, uh, him to just eat more spinach, uh, and then your eye will get better.
0: <laughs> okay, so um, keep going, yeah. But so
1: springing pupil, another name for it is benign- which just means harmless, episodic, meaning it comes and goes, unilateral, meaning it just affects one eye, one side, and midriasis, which is the medical term for dilation of the pupil. So benign, episodic, unilateral, unilateral, midriasis. midriasis. So basically, yeah, he had this one large pupil, you know, here's the thing about this diagnosis, like anisocoria can be something that's benign and physiologic and harmless, yeah. but it could also be the sign of something truly life-threatening like a brain aneurysm or something that could yeah. kill you. Yeah. So, I appreciate how seriously his doctors took his symptoms. Yeah. Like his doctor was like, "You need an urgent MRI like right now." Yeah. Nobody minimized his situation, which I really appreciate. Yeah. And I'm so glad, though, that it was one of the types of anisocoria that happens in young, healthy people that, you know, it's nothing serious and it's self-limited and it's not associated with anything more serious. So
0: they don't know what causes it?
1: They don't know what causes it, but they think that there's an association with migraines. So I'd be curious if Eric was here, I would ask him, like, did he have migraines? I know you just talked about your ocular migraine recently to me. I mean, yeah. By the way,
0: I could give him an. A, I need a Nessa Need a, a you new. You need
1: some. You a, need some I medicine. I, uh.
0: <laughs> I need some help. I need some uh. Tylenol uh, for my headache. Uh, no, oh my anyway. Goodness. Oh, Eric, yeah. I'm glad you're okay. I'm glad it was yes, nothing,
1: Eric. Thank you for calling in and telling us about this very, not rare, but uncommon Yes, and it condition. didn't affect your brain
0: because you sound super smart. But let's get to our yes. next person. So this next caller is someone named Michelle. Let's listen.
4: Hi, Sean and Dr. Wally. My name is Michelle. And first of all, love you guys. Love your show. Never miss an episode.
3: Oh, I, sweet. My
4: uh, weird hypochondriac story, which I didn't used to be a hypochondriac, but I have become one thanks to all the things I'm dealing with. Um, hmm. One, a note to a caller that uh, a few episodes ago, talking about having eosinophilic esophagitis, I Mm -hmm. also have that, and I've never heard from or met anyone else that has it. So Mm. um, that was actually helpful for me to hear someone else talk about it. Oh, that's good. Um, But my story is a cautionary tale. I will try to make it fast, but... Last year in April, I had a weird spot come up on my thigh, and it just looked like a regular mole. I stupidly ignored it for like five or six months, and I finally went to see my regular doctor, and he took the time to biopsy it, and two days later, it comes back as melanoma, and and it's bad and invasive. And fast Hmm. forward to me having a sentinel lymph node biopsy and a wide local excision of the tumor. And then fast forward another week, and I find out that these lymph nodes came back positive for cancer. So suddenly, in three mm, weeks' time, I am stage 3A nodular melanoma. Oh wow. my God. I'm currently in treatment, and I'm doing really well, and my prognosis is great. But my message to all your other listeners is, if anything weird pops up on your skin, please yeah. go see. Even yeah. if it's absolutely nothing, it's what you hope but mm-hmm. don't waste any time because I should have gone a lot sooner. But if I had waited any longer, it would be much worse. So mm-hmm. thanks guys.
0: Yes. I that's wow. so good. I, I'm so glad wow. she's doing better. You know, Michelle, yes. she said if anything pops up in your skin, I even if I'm like, God, I look fabulous today. I'm glowing. I'll go to the dermatologist. Yeah. Yes. Just go look yes. how good I look. And totally. then if somebody- <laughs> Yeah, But I will, truly, (laughs) truly, because I'm a hypochondriac. If something pops up in my skin, like I had a skin tag. I'm like, what's a skin tag? Uh I got a skin tag. So she froze it right off. Have you ever had anything frozen off your skin?
1: Yeah, I've had a wart frozen off. I think I had a wart on my hand, and then, yeah, it was frozen off. It burns
0: like crazy.
1: Oh, yeah, it really hurts. Yeah, Yeah, it's super painful. Well, here's the thing about melanoma. Melanoma, Sean, is the most common life-threatening derm disease. It's the most common life-threatening skin disease. And specifically to what Michelle was saying, the type of melanoma that she's describing, she described nodular melanoma, which makes up about 15 to 30% of melanomas. But nodular melanoma specifically is the kind of melanoma that has what is called a vertical growth phase, meaning it doesn't grow superficially on the skin, it grows vertically down deep into the skin. So
0: harder to to find, harder to-
1: Harder to detect. And this is what's crazy about melanoma. First of all, it can metastasize to anywhere in the body. It can go to your lungs. It can go to your liver. It can go to your brain. And three to 5% of people with metastatic melanoma will have metastases. And when they do the biopsy, they find out it's metastatic melanoma, but they have no primary skin lesion. Wow which means let's say someone had a brain tumor and they biopsy and they find metastatic melanoma, but there was no skin lesion. Wow. But
0: is melanoma most commonly caused from the sun? Isn't that what we all kind of like? So
1: there's a lot going on in terms of what causes melanoma. We know having a lot of moles can be a risk factor, burning, having burned skin. But one of the biggest risk factors that is clearly correlated with melanoma is actually tanning beds.
0: Oh, wow. Really?
1: Here's the thing. Lots of people can have moles, right? And you might be like, is this melanoma or not? In med school, they taught us this mnemonic to (gasps) try and give us signs of melanoma. It was called the ABCDs of melanoma. So, A was for asymmetry. So if the mole isn't symmetric, that's a risk factor. Oh, like
0: if it's like a triangle or something. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Like if it's not a nice symmetrical mole. B is for the border being irregular. So if your border isn't like smooth or regular, then that's another risk factor. C is- I haven't been
0: smooth or regular in years. Go ahead.
1: I know. Okay, C is the color changes or is variegated. So if you have a mole that has different colors in it, that yeah. can be a risk factor for melanoma. D is the diameter is more than six millimeters. Oh God, the size so can matter. So it's bigger, yeah, the bigger. Yeah, and then the last one is E for evolution, meaning if the mole is changing, that can also be a sign of melanoma. So well, sometimes
0: C is for cookie, and that's good enough for me. <laughs>
1: Oh man, yeah H is for Hayes If you see Sean Hayes on your mole You are blessed, actually It's not melanoma, you're just blessed Oh,
0: thanks to the Cookie Monster And thanks to Michelle I'm glad you're on your way to recovery Yeah, that's scary But thank you for sharing Thank you so much The number to leave us a message if you want Please do is 323-529-6031 323-529-6031 Please keep sharing your stories with us We love it, we love hearing from you Let's get to our guest We are supported by Athletic Greens. So what is this stuff? With one... Delicious scoop of AG One. You're absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole food source superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens to help you start your day right. This special blend of ingredients supports your gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, your energy recovery, focus, and aging. I started taking AG One because of the convenience, because of the time too. It took so much time to just go through this pill, that pill, and sometimes when I travel, I bring it with me because it's so easy. It's just simple and easy and fast. I love it. So right now, it's time to reclaim your health and arm your. Immune system with convenient daily nutrition it's just one scoop in a cup of water every day that's it no need for a million different pills and supplements to look out for your health to make it easy athletic greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune supporting vitamin d and five free travel packs with your first purchase all you have to do is visit athleticgreenscom slash hypo again that's athleticgreenscom slash hypo to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance oh my gosh our guest yes. today is an actor producer author and activist i love her her podcast sorry not sorry an amazing title by the way highlights amazing activism taking place around the country it's the wonderful and lovely and adorable and inspiring and person i love Alyssa Milano.
2: i love you. you
5: hi hey. thank you for that introduction of course uh-huh. wait a
0: minute let's talk about the background what's happening
5: i love how lush it is are you in your office well, this is actually my husband's poker room, but when uh, when, <laughs> when when COVID happened, because I didn't have you know like my own space, yeah. I kind of uh-huh. moved in right. here yeah. and put up all of this. So it's literally like this section is like ground zero for the revolution. Yeah. <laughs> okay. This this <laughs> section over here yeah. is like boys' club poker room. Okay, got it. Oh, interesting. Okay. So it's basically split. Because
0: listeners, we're looking at some gorgeous flowers, some gorgeous books, some gorgeous plants, some gorgeous paintings. Yeah. Yeah.
5: I like the plants. I I like the house plants. I'm one of those, you know, that from COVID, I wound up just gardening a lot, which I guess was an actual. thing that took over so i am uh very happily surrounded by a lot of greenery
0: i love that oh, wow. i love it and i you know for the first time in my life i get that somebody sent me a plant i'm like what am i gonna do with a plant like i can't even take care of myself so <laughs> right, right, uh, by right. the way plant thriving because every week i'm like i gotta water that living thing <laughs> like it's actually really yeah. kind of nice. i have a dog too and that's a different kind of feeling taking care of that and you have children mm-hmm. and that's different
5: it's it's a lot of taking care of other things. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Like
0: who's got the yeah. time? Mm-hmm. All right. Alyssa Milano, first of all, yes. I have to say this because I just love you so much. I think you're amazing. And I'm sure Me you too. hear I'm sure you hear this Thank all you. the time. And then we can skip right past it but the odds of child stars that go on to accomplish the things that you have in your lifetime mm. is so small. I mean, the odds are, it has to be in the single digits and you're one of them. And I, yeah. I don't know if you ever take a moment to think about that. I think about that for you. Like you've gone on and continued to reinvent yourself over and over again. And you do outstanding work in everything. It's you're funny, in.
5: I don't know that like, I really appreciated it until I got older. I think that there's mm. a certain element of arrested development where like you just kind of stay this one age when you've become famous at a young age right Right. right. Mm -hmm. and then it wasn't until like a shit ton of therapy and (laughs) looking at my peers Uh, and saying oh my god look that person's 50 that's so crazy because I'm like 20. right and then I'd be like no I'm not 20. yeah I'm mm-hmm. actually almost 52. Yeah. <laughs> you know yeah. and in your, in your head yeah. is
0: like a state of mind right age
5: yes but I just look back and I think you know that so many years I was fighting against being a child star and feeling that I had to prove myself yeah. and feeling that I had to educate myself beyond mm-hmm. beyond mm-hmm. you know any indication that it was a fluke. And yeah. Um, right. yeah, and so I think in a lot of ways it challenged me to be a better human. Yes, I, I yes. did feel like I had to.
0: Well, I don't know, you know if know. you fell in this trap, like, by the way, chime in or don't chime in here, but I wasn't as young as you were, but I was in my mid twenties or something like that when I did Will and Grace. And I was like, this is so crazy and then I did what you just said which was I thought I had to prove myself different and mm-hmm. and I used to push away the thing that made me famous. And mm-hmm. I was like, oh, I'm not going to I'm I'm more mm-hmm. than this character I played.
5: Well, but imagine the thing that made you famous is something that you cannot get back because it's youth.
0: Right. 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 Yeah. That's so interesting. I just want to
1: name that is a tremendous amount of pressure to put on oneself. And you're sort of putting yourself into an MC Escher painting where you can't really get in and can't get out. You're sort of stuck in this loop. What are some of the things that eventually helped you break that cycle? Well, I
5: think I broke open Right. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. I, I've had um, I've had anxiety my whole life, but it got really bad after the birth of my son, which was totally fine. And then he weaned himself from breastfeeding and my hormones got so crazy uh-huh. and I had really bad anxiety. Mm-hmm. And I remember talking to my friend, uh, Craig Bierko. I don't know if you know. Are him you kidding? Song.
0: I just talked to him on the phone a couple of weeks ago. <laughs> yeah. I love him. Yeah.
5: The best. But he said to me, he said, you know, sometimes the only way out is in. And, Ooh, and so good. I just thought it was such a profound thing. And so, like, really since the birth of my son, he's 10 now. Yeah, I have done some serious, like, soul searching and work on myself mm-hmm. and, and had a lot of painful realizations. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I only wish that I had someone like me mm. in my 20s yes. right. to look at what that self exploration looks like. Yes. Yes. We all do that way too late.
0: I know. Isn't that so true? I think the same thing is like, you just wish somebody would have pulled you aside and be like, look out for this, take care of this, watch this. Mm -hmm. And nobody really does that. Mm -hmm. I mean, maybe you have people that try, but you don't realize it, but...
5: I think it's better now. Yeah. Really. I think the stigma has been lifted a little bit. Yeah, Mm -hmm.
1: Interesting. You know, historically... This is not something we see more more commonly today, but older people were considered to be wiser elders that had life experience and wisdom that was then going to be imparted to the younger, more fresh, newer generations. Mm-hmm. I don't necessarily get the impression that right now we really have that view. If anything, there's a lot of disparaging energy towards people that might have more life experience.
5: Well, because people have made a living and a lot of billions of dollars on anti-aging and I the know. anti-aging. Yeah yeah yeah, 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 yeah. That's
0: so true.
5: Yeah, youth is is the answer and right. fountain of youth and we are right. all we all want to be youthful. Obsessed. So so we, yes. especially in this country, the way we view age is, is so un- unhealthy and so... Mm-hmm.
0: That's so true. I didn't, yeah. <laughs> I'm i such yeah. an idiot. I didn't realize it until you just said it. Like, you know, there are so much advertising dollars and yes. products that go towards anti-aging and it's it's like so much so that I thought, oh yeah, I got to get some of that. Like you get sucked into that and you're like, oh wait, what happened with just getting older like a normal person?
5: And by the way, there is no such thing as anti-aging. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, Yeah, (laughs) that's anti-life. Yeah, You know, and I remember a few weeks ago I was in my vacation home and I was looking out and, you know, I go every summer Mm -hmm. and as I was packing up the house, I had this moment of like, Another one's gone. Like another summer is past. I
2: think
0: about okay. that. I think about yeah. that all the time.
5: Uh-huh. How many more of these do I have in
1: this house? Really? I think about that every time I get my period. I'm like, another egg gone. <laughs> another opportunity to get pregnant. Lost. I was going to say,
0: I see that commercial for Halloween Horror Nights and Universal Studios every Halloween. I'm like, there goes another one. There goes another <laughs> <laughs> Halloween. Another Halloween. But wait, it's so true. Oh but wait, uh, uh, I, I just think, Alyssa, it's like... So we're talking about anxiety. I have it too. Yes. Let me just ask, because I have other questions about it, but let me just ask you a real simple question. Did you, for example, have anxiety about coming on here today or like starting an interview or anything like that?
5: No, and I would say that the process of healing has gotten it to the point where my anxiety is about legitimate things now.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, I yeah. think a certain right. amount
5: of anxiety is expected and, exactly. and helpful, yeah. right? I mean, it's yeah. we have anxiety for a very yeah. specific reason, which is to keep ourselves out of danger. Yeah. Exactly. Right? So my anxiety now feels like it's for the right thing. Yeah, Mm -hmm. I love Mm -hmm. that. You know, getting on a plane in the middle Mm -hmm. of a pandemic, you know, Mm -hmm. like normal things you would be anxious about. Yeah, for sure.
1: Um, And it's taken me a lot of years to get, to that. I think you're bringing up a really good point here because it's important to remember that anxiety is the physical manifestation of fear. Fear is the underlying emotion that drives anxiety and fear has a very important purpose. You know, we're sort of taught to be in a society where like having fear is something wrong. You're not supposed to live with that. But fear actually has a very important survival purpose. This is
0: where Priyanka starts making sense. (laughs)
1: <laughs> the, the, <laughs> the issue is when the fear grows so large that it then becomes pathological right. and that's when then anxiety can be uh i i like to use the word imbalanced it's sort of imbalanced in this situation yeah right and it's
5: also it's so cyclical right like it's mm-hmm. so hard to break the cycle when your brain sort of always goes to that place yes of anxiety mm-hmm. and you know it I sort of think of it as, you know, if you're sledding down a hill, and you've been sledding down the hill and sledding in the same spot over and over, there's ridges where the blades of the sled go, Mm -hmm. right? And Mm -hmm. it's very hard, you know, because the ridges get fossilized and calcified to veer off of, you know, the divots in the snow. Mm -hmm. And so... I look at those pathways as being my anxiety, and it took mm-hmm. me a lot of years to figure out how to rework it so I'm not going yeah. down that same yes. path and those same crevices. That there are different pathways for me to yes. go.
0: There are different pathways, and the, and they're more and they're, the ones that haven't been sledded, sledded on are mm-hmm. slicker and more fun anyway.
1: That's right. Yeah. And and this is such a great analogy. I mean, essentially, it's an analogy for the way our nervous system is wired in a way that's physiologically designed to be in a more heightened state. And there are certain practices and therapies that can help basically rewire your nervous system so that your nervous system isn't as dysregulated and you're not as prone to anxiety. Mm -hmm. I'm not sure if anyone's ever talked to you about therapies like neurofeedback or alpha-biofeedback, where you basically learn... Learn exercises for how to breathe so that your nervous system basically dysregulates at a much different speed. And then you actually feel less anxiety in the body Mm. through that process. And this
5: is also what psychedelic therapy, which it looks like, is going to be FDA approved. Isn't that
0: wild?
1: It is so much about
5: the rewiring of the pathways in the brain so that people don't fall into the pattern. I want to
0: try it.
1: As a physician that does work with ketamine in my own private practice, I can say that there's a lot of compelling data for the use of ketamine in treating anxiety, depression. Yeah, we talk about that a lot. As well as a
0: couple of other conditions. I have a question. What, what do you say to people? like Because I've heard this before. I've heard certain talk show hosts and certain. Other people say, you know, just get anxiety. God, everybody has anxiety. Get over it. You know, just relax. But when you Mm. have clinical anxiety, like a lot of people do, you have to take it seriously. Like, so what do you say to those people to educate them that like, no, I'm not just freaking out because I have a test or somebody looked at me weird or whatever. It's actually clinical.
1: Yeah, it's absolutely clinical. I think it's really important to work with people who are trauma informed. People don't have an anxiety reaction for no reason. There's Mm -hmm. a reason people's bodies are wired in a way that they're experiencing a heightened fear response. Generally, 99% of the time, it stems from some sort of traumatic event or trauma. So I think if you're working with people who are trauma-informed, they would never dismiss the symptoms or the experience of someone who's saying that there's a lot of anxiety. And this idea that it's like all in your head is is completely wrong because it's actually all in your body. It's in the body that this is happening. Yeah. I think
5: what Sean's saying though is important though because yeah. we're talking as if we all have access mm. to people like you who understand that, right. who understand that it comes from trauma. Right. Mm. But what happens to the people, especially in this country, who don't have access to healthcare? Right. Yeah. And that's when I think yeah. that that you see addiction problem. I think it's all yes. about self-medicating yes, and, of exactly. and totally stopping is. the feeling in your body and, yes. and trying to raise your dopamine levels in other ways. I think it's all you know, you're self medicating. And yeah. unfortunately we have so much stigma about around mental health mm-hmm.
4: uh-huh. that
5: not everybody has access. And I think we're seeing this, you know, in the younger generations, which is the most horrifying, right? Mm-hmm. That there's mm, never right. enough counselors in school. Right. Mm-hmm. And and, mm-hmm. and what happens for those kids that fall through the crack. Yeah. yeah. You know, so it's an important conversation to be had. Yeah. 100%. That's,
0: yeah. Guys, that's why I brought it up. Anyway, so what? listen, um, what I read also that you had, Alyssa, that something about complex PTS. I don't know what that is. Complex
1: and what, PTSD. Yeah.
5: Oh, PTSD. Yes. I just want to say in the activist movement, we are working towards getting rid of the D in PTS Mm. because it's stigmatizing to say that it's a disorder. Disorder.
1: I totally agree. Yeah, Yeah, especially for those like,
5: especially for veterans and people, you know, who have a hard time re-assimilating into society. Yeah, 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 100%. That's
0: interesting.
1: Yeah, so I just wanted to make, you know, if people, if the listeners haven't heard of this term, complex PTS, um, it's different than regular PTS, uh, post-traumatic stress, because typical post-traumatic stress usually arises after a single traumatic episode, and it's related to a single traumatic event. Complex PTS is related to a series of traumatic events over time. Okay. So it's kind of ongoing trauma that happens in a series. I would say, majority of people have complex post-traumatic stress. It's very rare to find someone that never had any trauma and then had a singular trauma event and then that was the only trauma in their life, especially in the society we live in today with all of the collective trauma that we're experiencing.
0: So you're saying if someone experienced an incident of trauma, most likely they've experienced more than just that one, is what you're saying? Most
1: likely, yeah. yeah. Nowadays, at least the people I talk to in most of the care, it's generally a series of traumatic events ongoing. Yeah. And, you know, Alyssa, I don't have any intention of asking Asking you about your trauma history. Feel free to share what you wish. But I'm just curious about once you received that information that you had complex PTS, how was that treatment and the recovery period for you? And how did the symptoms change for you?
5: I mean, I think it's it's ongoing, right? I think mental health Issues just like living and learning and evolving, like it, it doesn't end. You don't all of a sudden become healed from trauma. Right. Yeah. I think for yeah. me, it was about putting it in a place where it didn't control my nervous system mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. it didn't debilitate me from doing other things. Right. Yeah. And, and so, you know, yeah. and, the, and the way that I look at my complex PTS is it wasn't the same trauma repeated over and mm-hmm, over. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It was just that we can't pinpoint which trauma in my life mm-hmm, mm-hmm. created this mm-hmm. cycle of anxiety, yeah. or, mm-hmm. you know? And mm-hmm. I think it's interesting. Like, I did a lot of work with somatic experiencing. Oh, yes.
1: Love somatics. What is
0: that?
5: So Dr. Peter Levine, who sort of uh, started it, noticed that animals in the wild who very often live in fight, flight, or freeze, right? Mm They're their fear response because they're hunting, they're being chased. They're never completely relaxed in a den. Yeah.
0: I noticed that about my dog. Yeah.
5: Yeah. But what he noticed was is that they all have after one of these events where they're like hunting food or being hunted, they do this physical thing where they kind of like shake or or tremble their leg. Mm -hmm. And he saw it as a nervous system reboot. Oh, wow. For him, it was a sign that our bodies hold on to the trauma and store uh-huh. it. I just think, you know, for me, like all the trauma was held in places. So it's actually like incorporating body work in with your that's psychotherapy really cool. and your talk therapy.
1: A beautiful summary, Alyssa. I'm just going to yeah. go take a rest because <laughs> that, was, that was on point. Wait, but
0: that's fascinating to me. I never heard that. That makes complete sense. To do, yeah, like, yeah. yeah,
1: yeah. The other thing is, I think it's important to remember that the trauma occurs in the body when the initial trauma happens. And therefore, that is also where the place of healing occurs. Healing happens within the body as well.
0: Yeah, I love that. So now I know you had panic attacks too, which is tied to anxiety, but the only kind of uh, experience I've had, I haven't had them myself, but my business partner and great friend who I went to college with, Todd Milliner, who's one of the producers of this podcast,
1: Yay, love Todd.
0: I know, we love Todd. We had to take him to, I, we, me. I took him to the ER because he's like, I don't know what's happening. I'm, bit, mm-hmm. I'm freaking out, blah, blah, blah. Because he bumped his head. And I said, I don't care how big or small a bump on your head is. You gotta get it checked out. He's like, Really? I go, Yeah. Uh-huh. Fucking like people die. They don't even know. Like five. He's like, right? What? Uh-huh. And I started fueling the fire because he's like, What are you telling me? I'm freaking uh-huh. and I and it just built and built and built. He's like, I feel like I'm gonna die. I go, let's go oh, to the hospital. No. So I took him to the hospital and he was, you know, freaking out. Of course, he was fine. They gave him his Xanax or something and whatever. And it was fine, but I can't imagine having those frequently.
5: Well, Mm. and by the way, the emergency room is the way a lot of people deal with that because they are not diagnosed because they don't have access to mental health. And so they go in, especially women, after they give birth. You would be Mm. shocked how many women show up in the emergency room with anxiety and panic and think that they're dying yeah. Yeah. and not have someone to say like you're sleep deprived yeah. you're mm-hmm. you're malnourished mm-hmm, you're breastfeeding mm-hmm. they're mm-hmm. sucking the life out of you exactly <laughs> so right. um but yes i have generalized anxiety disorder with panic attacks okay. so okay so my state of living it was just being anxious, and then on top of that, I had Mm -hmm. panic attacks. And the Mm -hmm. panic attacks on top of the generalized anxiety disorder Mm. is what would send me to the hospital. And it was almost Mm -hmm. like that nervous system reboot. It yeah. was almost like I needed to go where someone was going to take care of me oh, and I was going to get fluids and they were going to uh-huh. give me some benzo to mm-hmm. to relax me. And I would have like three hours in the emergency room where I was taking care of myself. Like mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. became my wow. self-care.
0: Wow. I so relate to that. Yeah, yeah,
1: I'm curious, Alyssa, if you'd mind describing for the listeners that maybe they don't know that they're having panic attacks, but that's what's going on. Can you just so okay yeah. for you? Can yeah. you describe what experience a panic attack was like for you?
5: So, well, first, let me just start with my anxiety. So my Mm -hmm. anxiety always manifested itself with like the pit in your stomach feeling. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So it's your solar plexus just feeling like it's just churning and being in a knot. So I had that was my base feeling. So that was very Mm -hmm. debilitating because I couldn't eat yeah mm-hmm. everything in the stomach, right I couldn't right. I couldn't hydrate myself, yeah, and then the panic and because of the dehydration and the malnourishment, the panic attack would come on top of that because of mm-hmm. course, dehydration means your heart speeds up mm-hmm. right right mm-hmm. when my heart would speed up, I'd think, oh my god, is this what what is this what is this panic what
0: yeah, because and, it almost feels like a heart attack, yeah, and
5: then mm-hmm. you're like i There's this cycle of of living in fear of the next panic attack. Right, right. Which
0: fuels, it's just like a cycle. Which is almost
1: worse than actually having the panic attack itself. The fear alone, yeah. Well, and
5: especially if you're trying to, you know, be a mom and have Mm -hmm. a career and and do all of the things, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. But I think the thing I hope to be for people, for young Mm -hmm. people who Mm -hmm. might be listening to this, which is, that you know, the only way out is in. I love and, that. And you just you need to figure out the type of therapy that works for you. Sometimes mm-hmm. that's medication. Mm-hmm. I'm on medication. Yeah. I'm okay mm-hmm. with it. It keeps me balanced, mm-hmm. and I'm able to do my best work. And there's no mm-hmm. stigma attached. No, to that. absolutely. Not. I love that.
1: Yeah. And thank you for sharing those details. And I think you're naming a very important point that I just want to highlight. You also talked about how being malnourished and dehydrated are also going to worsen the underlying symptoms. That it's also really important to take good care of your physical body Mm -hmm. by hydrating well, Mm -hmm. eating the right foods, because that is the foundation for the physical mass that you're taking care of.
5: That's right. And movement. Movement Mm. is really important Mm -hmm. for all the reasons we talked about before. So you're
0: saying, like, if I'm watching a movie, get up to get a beer and then come... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and yes. then come back to the couch. Is that what yes. you mean? Yeah.
5: Yes. Don't, um, don't put the beer in the cooler, in the cooler next cooler. to the couch. couch.
0: You, you want to get, yeah, yes. go the to movement. the refrigerator. Got yep. it.
1: Movement. <laughs> movement. You need the movement. Alyssa, I do want to thank you because generalized anxiety is the most common mental health issue that affects people and the reason that they come to see their primary care physician. So you're hitting the nail on the head by talking about literally one of the most common and relatable issues affecting millions and millions of Americans today. So, I love that. you know, I think it's really important. Like you're, you're being really vulnerable by coming forward and being very open and honest about your experience and the things that have worked for you. And I, I just want to honor that. Yes,
0: I I do too. And because it helps you too. Doesn't it help us when we actually Yeah, speak? I was just
1: going to say, it doesn't make me feel vulnerable
5: living with <laughs> with mental health issues in the dark made me feel vulnerable. Yeah, oh, yeah.
1: Gosh, that is so yes. true.
5: Speaking about it and, you know, being able to dissect it and look at it for what it is, really feels empowering
0: yes mm-hmm. i love that yes yeah, i totally 100%. agree
1: and that's a great point that community is also a part of the healing process as well that you cannot heal in a silo and to your point the quote that i know the only way out is through actually that's the mm. the one i know that the only way out is through but we don't heal in isolation we heal in community mm. i like yeah. uh,
0: i like uh, Alyssa's yeah. better priyanka The only way out is in. But anyway, listen, (laughs) speaking about all this fear, you want to play a game?
1: Yes, let's play a game. Let's play a game. (laughs) Okay, it's called Dr. Wally's Hall of Fame. You're each going to get three questions. And if you don't know the answer, just take a guess because I do give possible points for creativity. Sean, you're up first. Sean, are you ready? Yes, I am ready. Okay, if you are lying supine... Which direction are you facing if you're lying supine 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 is the medical term you're lying
0: you're closer to the soup like (laughs) what do you mean supine I don't know is supine you're okay it's a 50 50 answer right so you're you're laying horizontal.
1: Okay, you are laying horizontal, but what do you know what direction? Are you lying face up or face down?
0: You're lying face down. I don't know. That is
1: incorrect. Ah. So so lying supine, you're lying face up. Prone is the medical term for lying face down. Why would you lie
0: supine? Like during an operation or something? Yeah, that's that's
1: usually the general. Uh, Okay, I didn't know that. You place the patient in a supine Supine. uh, position. Okay, second question. Which actor played... Diagnostic genius Dr. Gregory House on TV. From 2004 oh. to 2012. Uh, Who was House? The British guy. Who was House indeed? Uh,
0: uh, oh, Hugh, Hugh Laurie. Hugh, <laughs> yes, Hugh that's Laurie. correct. It's, it's yes. Hugh Laurie. <laughs> yes. I
1: loved House.
5: I loved oh House God. because at every act one, it was like lupus. It's, yeah. yes, right? Exactly. The they same were like, exact.
1: We got to consider lupus. We got to
5: consider lupus. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, you knew every single episode. Yeah. It's not lupus. It's yeah. never lupus. it kept lupus. us coming back. It's
1: never lupus. Did they have one episode where it actually was lupus, though? God, I, I think hope so.
4: No. You know better. what's crazy?
1: I used to watch that show religiously and then the day I got into med school and actually started learning medicine, I couldn't watch it anymore. I just like... Why? Because it, it's too elementary? I just, because. because I was like, oh, well, obviously it's not that. I can't believe they're thinking about this. And then one time I was like, okay, there's no way with that limp he's using that cane on the right side. He needs to be holding <laughs> uh-huh, that on his left. And so it just took the fun out of the whole thing. Yeah, I couldn't hysterical. watch it anymore. Yeah. But I loved it before med school. Okay, third question. Sean, in Billy's Hollywood Screen Kiss, where does your love interest Gabriel have his first underwear modeling job? I'll give you a hint. It's an island.
0: Oh, Catalina.
1: That is correct. Catalina Island. Okay, so great. You got two questions right. That's that's really good, Sean. That's really good for me. Okay, okay, Alyssa, your turn. All right, so first question. The trachea. The trachea belongs to which body system?
5: Well, the trachea is here. Very good. So, yes. so, which body system? What is yeah? Bo- what, what like is body like bo- system?
1: Like um, muscular, um, gastrointestinal, musculoskeletal, respiratory. Uh, respiratory. That is correct.
0: The oh. answer is respiratory. Oh, I, yes. thought, so, trachea yeah. no. I thought trachea was <laughs> food. No, no. Oh, that's esophagus. Your windpipe. That's esophagus.
5: It's your windpipe, and I know this because my Chihuahua, at eight years old, she had a tumor on her trachea, and she had to get a tracheostomy. Oh wow! Oh,
0: how about that? Wow.
1: That yep. must have been really intense to experience. It was.
5: It was really yeah. intense, but she lived another 10 years after that. She oh, that great. out when She wow. was 18 when she died. 18, yep. oh, that's wow. like a whole human mm-hmm.
1: being. That's like a whole person. Yep. Wow. Okay, second question. In the pilot episode of Grey's Anatomy, what was the surgery that all the surgical interns wanted? All of the surgical interns wanted, wanted to do to this do surgery. The, like this perform, they wanted to perform that surgery. They wanted to perform, yeah. wanted yeah. to perform an autopsy. That is close, but it's incorrect. The answer is an appendectomy. They were all trying to get the appendectomy. Okay. Okay. Really? So third question. Yes. In the TV show Charmed, what was the name of the Charmed One's spell book? The Book of Shadows. That is correct. Oh! Okay, so we have a tie. Actually, <laughs> a tie. you also got two points. So now we're gonna go into tiebreaker so tie okay. round. So tiebreaker round works. First person a- answer correctly or close enough wins. So are Kay. you both ready? Yes, yes, yes. Sure. Okay. In 2010, the film "The Social Network" chronicles the creation of what Facebook. social media? Well, Facebook. Yes, that is correct. Oh, what well, social come media on. Platform? That yes. is the, <laughs> the easiest question. The- Alyssa, <laughs> you are the winner of Dr. Wallace <laughs> Hall of Fame. Congratulations, <laughs> Alyssa Milano. <laughs> we Ooh.
0: love you so much. Thank I you for love- being yes. here, honey. You're so sweet and you're so inspiring.
1: Let's yes. go.
5: Let's yes. do
0: this. I love Let's it. Let's do
1: thank this. You. Thank yeah, you, sweetie, thank you so much. much for coming on the
0: show. Thank you so much. Yeah. Wasn't she fantastic?
1: Oh, my gosh. Yeah, so knowledgeable and so willing to talk about, obviously, a really important issue. I
0: know we touched on this, too, but I think there's so much power in sharing your story about oh, yeah. all of that. I mean, it's you do it here. I do it here. I do it on SmartList. I do it in life. I do it everywhere where I just—the more open you are— and the more fearless you are, the more empowered you feel. 100%. I think. Yeah, 100%. about everything.
1: So thank you to Alyssa. And yes. thank you to our also callers that came in earlier. Yes. Michelle and Eric. Love hearing your stories. Love so. hearing them.
0: And please, please, please check out Alyssa her podcast called Sorry Not Sorry. It highlights amazing activism taking place around the country. It's really, really great. And she's great on it. It's a really great listen. So guys, thanks for listening to our podcast today. Yeah. We really appreciate you. Don't worry. Be healthy. Until next time. Bye.
1: Bye. Bye.
0: Hypochondria Actor is a Hazy Mills production hosted by me, Sean Hayes, and Dr. Priyanka Wally. Rebecca Eisenberg and Todd Milliner are our executive producers. Production and editing is by Rabbit Grin Productions. Original music by Scott Eisenogle and Leo Rosner. This is a Hazy Mills production. All content discussed on Hypochondriactor are the individual opinions of Dr. Priyanka Wally and Sean Hayes and should not be construed as personalized medical advice. By listening to this podcast, you agree not to use this podcast as medical advice to treat any medical condition in either yourself or others. Please consult your own physician for any medical issues that you may be having. This entire disclaimer also applies to any guests or contributors to the podcast.